48K News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Robert Kemp. Tonight's headlines. The government locks down a building in Chimsa Choi after a man tests preliminary positive for a mutant COVID strain. The cost of electricity is set to rise by several times the rate of inflation. And in Singapore, a court stays the execution of a drug smuggler after he catches COVID. The government has ordered a lockdown of the Harbour Pinnacle building in Chimsa Choi after a resident tested preliminary positive for a mutant COVID strain. The man had flown into Hong Kong on Saturday and had initially tested negative. He developed symptoms yesterday and has a high viral load. The upmarket residential building on Minden Avenue was sealed off at 7pm and lockdowns expected to last until 7 o'clock tomorrow morning. Natalie Ching has more. Health authorities say the Cathay Cargo flight crew member had arrived on flight CX-2066 from Germany. They made the decision to lock down the building after the risk of infection there was assessed as being higher. Health authorities said the 29-year-old man may have the L452R mutant strain. It is found in the highly infectious Delta variant, among others. The 40-story building is at the heart of Chimsa Choi and close to the Modi Road thoroughfare. A section of Minden Avenue between Minden Road and Blenheim Avenue has been cordoned off. Sense for Health Protection said another crew member on the same flight, a 57-year-old man who lives in Discovery Bay, had also tested preliminary positive with the same mutant strain. Like the 29-year-old man, the preliminary positive, preliminary positive test was recorded at a community testing centre yesterday. He has no symptoms and is now in quarantine. There were two other imported preliminary positive cases, a 30-year-old woman from the Philippines and a 15-year-old female from Italy. Hong Kong's two power companies have announced price increases from January. Charges will rise by 7% on Hong Kong Island and 5.8% in the new territories in Kowloon. Timmy Sung reports. Hong Kong Electric and CLP blame rising fuel prices for the increases, saying international costs have surged since the beginning of this year, with coal prices jumping as much as 185% and natural gas prices by more than 60%. The basic charge for each unit of electricity people use will be frozen, and only the fuel surcharge will go up. The two firms say this means an average three-member household will end up paying an extra $20 to $24 per month. The power companies say they have done their best to contain the rises, but the increase in fuel prices is out of their control. As a press conference for the firms, Environment Secretary Wong Kam Singh said two subsidies the government rolled out in recent years should be able to alleviate people's burden when it comes to electricity bills. There are two funding schemes that help to reduce the tariff expenses bared by the households. So just look at this relief scheme that is already higher than the expected increase per typical household. That is about 20 to $24 per month. So that should be good enough to relieve their burden in the coming year. A $1,000 subsidy paid in installments is expected to come to an end in May, while a $50 monthly rebate is set to last until December 2023. Singapore court has stayed the execution of a Malaysian drug smuggler after the condemned man tested positive for COVID. Day, Judge day before he was due to be hanged. Judge Andrew Pang, though, did not rule on the last-minute appeal filed on behalf of Nagendran Darmalingam. He said the stay of execution was until further notice. Defence lawyers say Nagendran is not of sound mind. The ICAC has arrested three people for allegedly sharing an online message asking people to cast blank votes in next month's Legco polls. 
Two men and a woman aged between 29 and 65 are accused of violating a new law which bans the incitement of others not to vote or to cast an invalid vote during the election period. They've been released on bail. The ICAC said in a statement that more law enforcement action might be taken as investigations continued. And now the weather. It will be mainly fine and very dry. Cool tomorrow morning with a minimum temperature of around 17 degrees in the urban areas and a couple of degrees lower in the new territories. The maximum temperature will be about 24 degrees during the day. Moderate northerly winds, occasionally fresh offshore. The outlook mainly fine and very dry in the following couple of days. It will be slightly cooler in the morning. And the temperature difference between day and night will be relatively large. Temperature is currently 20 degrees, humidity 42%, and the red fire danger warning is in force. You are tuned to RTHK. The time is five minutes past 11. Chief Executive Carol Lam says the government will soon announce arrangements for Hong Kong residents on the mainland to vote in legislative elections next month. She's also warning people not to encourage others to boycott the polls. Francis Sit reports. Ahead of this week's Executive Council meeting, the CE said the Leshko polls are just several weeks away, and it looks unlikely that the border can be fully reopened in time for people to come to the SAR to cast their ballots. Mrs. Lam said the Constitutional and Mainland Affairs Bureau and Mainland authorities are looking at how polling stations can be set up in the border area. We have to ensure that quarantine is not necessary upon people's return to the mainland. If not, it will be hard to convince Hong Kongers on the mainland to return just for the vote. And then they have to observe 14 or 21 days of quarantine. We'll make an announcement as soon as possible because we also want a registration process so we can know approximately how many Hong Kongers on the mainland want the vote. Then we can plan how many stations to set up at the borders because currently only the Shenzhen Bay and the Hong Kong Zhuhai Macau Bridge ports are running. If there are too many people, these ports wouldn't be able to cope. Mrs. Lam also urged the public to participate in the elections and warned people against encouraging others to boycott the polls. If there's any sort of activity like that, law enforcement will take very robust action, she said. The CE also says she has told the chairman of the Electoral Affairs Commission that there can be no mistakes in the December polls as the number of voters and polling stations will both increase compared to the election committee elections in September. Researchers from the University of Hong Kong say a hepatitis C screening program targeting a high-risk group has proved highly effective. The HKU team tested 140 former drug users who shared needles and found that over 80% of them were infected with the largely asymptomatic illness. Dr. Louis Mack, an assistant professor of medicine, says they came up with the scheme because only 0.3% of Hong Kong's population, about 22,000 people, are infected with the disease and it's hard to find patients through mass testing. She spoke to Violet Wong. We do not have a population-based screening program. So patients only have their hepatitis C virus screened when they have other medical conditions, such as abnormal liver function or uh, as a part of the workup for other chronic medical illness, such as renal failure. And so we do not have a very good standardized uh, program to identify this high-risk population. Hepatitis C virus infection in Hong Kong, it uh, affects 
only 0.3% of the general population. And according to the World Health Organization, it's recommended that we should identify high-risk groups to perform microelimination. So um, high-risk groups include patient populations, including those who use needles or people who live with HIV, um, men who have sex with men, and um, people who were transfused with contaminated blood products. So in Hong Kong currently, the most important obstacle in uh, elimination of hepatitis C is the linkage to care, for, um, especially for patient groups who do not have regular access to the healthcare resources. So people who inject drugs are the major group of people that we think that would benefit most from this program. Respiratory medicine expert Leung Chi Chu says once quarantine-free travel resumes between Hong Kong and the mainland, it does not have to be suspended unless there are clear signs there's transmission of COVID-19 within the community. Maggie Ho reports. The government had said it hopes to reopen the border with some Guangdong cities soon, and media reports have quoted sources saying borders will be closed again when local cases emerge in the SAR. But Leung Chi Chiu told an RTHK program that if the patients are airport workers or quarantine hotel staff who are tested for the coronavirus at very frequent intervals, the authorities may not have to close the border right away. If the tests are done frequently enough to detect the cases early, they may not lead to community transmission. We can wait and see if there are transmissions among their contacts or other places before deciding whether to suspend travel. If there are sporadic cases at these places and one can detect them early and stop the transmission, it doesn't mean there are signs of community transmission, but both places must come to the same understanding. The government had said there will likely be a daily quota for quarantine-free travel to the mainland at the initial stage, like a thousand a day, and Dr. Leung said this is a reasonable figure. He said the risk would be manageable, as people will have to get tested and provide data for contact tracing. Roundtable lawmaker Michael Tien says Hong Kong won't be able to relax its strict quarantine on international arrivals as long as Beijing maintains its zero-COVID strategy. He said that policy is now being questioned because of the high level of vaccination on the mainland. Mr. Tian was speaking on RTHK's back chat program. As long as China continue its zero case policy, Hong Kong has to follow suit. If that continues, I don't see any chance of us relaxing our international quarantine in Hong Kong. And I've heard recently that there's been talk within China that maybe they are now at a vaccination level where they can think about coexisting with COVID. If you look at the recent cases of COVID outbursts in China, it didn't result in death or serious illnesses. It's just cases being identified. And they clamped down quickly. But the question now is really heatedly debated within China is how much longer can this go on? The mainland has reported 62 62 new COVID-19 cases, 43 of which were locally transmitted. The National Health Commission said seven of the new cases came from the city of Chengdu, promoting authorities to order all visitors of Mega Entertainment Centre to get tested. Meanwhile, officials in Heihe, a northern city on the border with Russia, said they would offer 100,000 yuan to anyone who was able to provide information on the source of the latest outbreak. Financial markets and analysts are looking for clues as to how Beijing will implement economic reforms, such as Xi Jinping's common prosperity drive, and whether there will be any easing of regulatory control at the ongoing sixth plenum of the Communist Party Central Committee. 
main task of the meeting is to draft a resolution on the party's major achievements and historical experience ahead of next year's National Congress, which is expected to usher in President Xi's third term. But Michel Lam from Société Générale Corporate Investment Banking and Samuel Faver at Mandarin Capital told RTHK they don't expect any major change in economic direction. I think people are trying to see signs if there are like any direction in terms of the policy in these areas. I think in terms of the economic impact, probably we won't find much indication from this meeting. I think it's uh, quite interesting, this fact that it's an historical motion, given there's only been two in history before, one in 1945 with Mao, when he was actually challenged in power, and one in 1981, when Deng was actually trying to assert his power as well. So. It's a bit surprising that uh, they are coming with this historical motion. It feels like they need to reassert the power and make sure that President Xi can push forward with ideological changes. So I don't think there is going to be concrete measure, but I do feel that the plenum is the basis to actually, you know, maybe toughen the ideological stance that we're going to have forward, especially the grip and on the economy and how they're going to balance the common prosperity and the regulation of all the different sectors of the economy. Michelle and Samuel Faver speaking to Peter Lewis, Peter Lewis on RTHK's Money Talk. Sport and Spanish football legend Xavi has made his return to Barcelona. He was officially presented to the fans at Barca's new head coach on the two-and-a-half deal, replacing Ronald Koeman, who left with the club ninth in the Liga, 11 points off the lead. Xavi spent 17 years as a first-team player at Camp Nou between 1998 and 2015. Thank you very much. I'm very moved. I'm very happy. I want to thank the club. You guys give me goosebumps. We are the best club in the world and we will work at very high intensity to achieve success. Barcelona can't aim for a draw or a defeat. We must win every game we play. You've made me very emotional. In the English Premier League, Newcastle have appointed Eddie Howe to succeed Steve Bruce as their new manager. Bruce left Newcastle two weeks after the Saudi Arabia-backed club took over Newcastle. Howe signed a contract with Newcastle until the summer of 2024, but hasn't been in management since he left Bournemouth in August last year, following the club's relegation from the Premier League. Newcastle are 19th in the table, five points from safety, yet to win a game this season. More for the BBC's John Murray. Well, clearly Eddie Howe is taking on the biggest job of his career here. And while the expectation is that in due course, the star players and a star coach will be attracted to St. James's Park, what Newcastle obviously need in the short term is someone to do the dirty work with the team that's there. That is to say, save them from relegation. And if he can do that, well, then Eddie Howe will be the man in possession for when things start to become a little more interesting on Tyneside. And a reminder of our top story tonight. The government locks down a building in Chimsar Choi after a man tests preliminary positive for a mutant COVID strain. And that's the news from RTHK. RTHK Radio 3 It has been a hard day's night, and I have been working like a dog. It's been a hard day's night. I should be sleeping like a log. But when I get home to you, I find the things that you do 
will make me feel all right. You know I work all day to get you money to buy you things. And it's worth it just to hear you say you are going to give me everything. That's why I love to come home. Cause when I get you alone, you know I feel okay. When I'm home, everything seems to be right. When I'm home, feeling you, holding me tight, tight. It's been a hard day's night, and I've been working like a dog. It's been a hard day's night. I should be sleeping like a log. But when I get home to you, I find the things that you do. Will make me feel all right. Straight into our second hour with the request. Uh, Peter Sellers there and a hard day's night, especially for Michael and Daisy. Thanks ever so much. Anybody else want to be in touch? You should know the email address by now. It's radiopete at gmail. This one from Etta James and at last. At last My love has come along My lonely days are over wrapped up in clover The night I looked at you And I found a dream That I could speak to A dream that I can call A thrill
fantastic voice. Etta James, of course, and at last. Gilbert, how are you doing? Thanks for getting in touch. Got a couple of requests on here. Nat King Cole, 